From the campus of Stanford University and on location, this is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast, featuring in-depth, one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance people, committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom Dioro, principal of Podfather Media. For our guest today, please welcome Ben Glass. Ben is an attorney and father of nine children, four of them adopted from China. Ben's a small business advocate in Northern Virginia and the United States, as well as a nonprofit and charity supporter and a soccer referee, in addition to being one of the most reviewed attorneys in the area. For over a decade, as founder and president of Great Legal Marketing, LLC, Ben's been teaching hundreds of solo and small firm lawyers around the globe how to market ethically and effectively using education-based direct response style marketing. For more information, feel free to visit Ben's LinkedIn page at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Ben Clash. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for reaching out. Happy to be here and um, let's talk. Thank you, Ben. Ben, you know, we'd like to start our show off with something funny, if you don't mind. And what I mean by that is anything that may have happened recently that might be, you know, there's a sense of humor to it, even if it was today, us linking up, whatever it is, just to kind of start it off to, uh, you know, uh, lighten it a bit. Wow. You know, that's just such a great question because we're doing this in the middle of pandemic and so many people are, you know, kind of wrapped up tight about that. You know, here's the fun thing or the funny thing. I, uh-huh. As you said, I, I've got nine children. Four of them are up and out. You know, they have their families, but we've got five under roof. So there's seven of us at dinner time, And I think we're probably on day 24 of consecutive days where everybody is around the dinner table, you know, every night we don't have sports, we don't have school mm-hmm. stuff uh, going on. So that's been really fun, you know, and, and I mean, I don't know if it's funny, but it is interesting experience to be able to kind of live through these times and have really cool discussions with your kids. You know, several of them are, you know, they're, they're online doing their college studies. I've got a, a high schooler at home. So it's fun. I mean, funny stuff. Yeah. I don't know. My wife was reading me coronavirus jokes the other day and there was something about a dog. You know, we all want to get in a car and go on a ride like the dogs. I'm not a real good joke teller, but, um, you know, you reach a point where the jokes start floating around, you know, you've come through some dark times. I Very think. true. Very true. And Ben, what was there a galvanizing moment or moments where you as an attorney said, you know what, there's got to be a better way other than, you know, what I went through for school practice with you know, working with maybe other firms to actually ultimately help prospective clients and keep the prospective clients? Were there any moments where you said there's just got to be a better way? Well, sure. So let's take it out of the attorney. Let's just take it to all small biz owners. Okay. Most small biz owners get into the business because they're good at something, right? Michael Gerber wrote about building, you know, the woman who could make cakes and pies and she wanted to create a, a bakery business, right? Lawyers, many of us get into the running of our own law firms because we're good at lawyering and and we think there's something you know different out there. What happens is for anybody who's running a business because they're good at the thing, they get into the business, and they learn, oh my gosh, there's all these other things I need to be really good at, like that no one ever taught me. Right? I'm a great okay. auto mechanic, but no one ever taught me how to get more customers, 
how to efficiently hire people, you know, how to have benefits and all that stuff. So it really was what everybody goes through, which is a discovery like, holy cow, man, there's so much I don't know. And so my story is I started out in a path of always been an avid reader and learner. And one of our core values here is, you know, to be a forever learner. And so I started to, to look very quickly, a traditional path, working for somebody else for 12 or 13 years, started my own business because I'm a good lawyer, right? Air quotes, I'm a good lawyer. How hard could this be? And finally, it was really hard. So I looked first inside the legal industry and there just wasn't a whole lot of creative, good information about how to run law as a business. And so a principle that I teach other entrepreneurs is really to go outside of your own industry and ask really curious questions. You know, the woman who's running the bakery shop, like being curious about how she gets customers, how she finds good teams and importing that. So the turning point is, yeah, like, like failure or real struggle in doing something you're good at trying to make it a business. That's hard, right? Being just learning to be curious and open when you look at other industries and other businesses. Curious and open. Is that something that's just within you, or do you think it's something that can be learned? Here's the cool thing. That, that's a wonderful question. I definitely think you can learn this. And, and part of my story, I was the shyest kid growing up. I was shy in high school. I was shy in college. Even in, early in the profession, even though I'm a trial lawyer, I was, I was shy. I think that, and now I'm not. I mean, I get on stage, I write books, I'm really, and I do things like this. I'm really comfortable doing this. But I think that the skill of learning to be curious can be learned. Many of the skills necessary to be an entrepreneur, the skill of innovation and thinking outside the box can be learned. And I think the secret is, is hanging out with people who are bigger, better, and faster than you are, right? Hanging out with other entrepreneurs and making sure that you're not the smartest one in the room, which was easy for me because I wasn't very smart about this. (laughs) And seeing just how they think and feel, what their attitudes are about life and entrepreneur and capitalism and all of that stuff, I definitely think can be learned. And the proof is so many lawyers who we coach come to us as I was, very traditional lawyer skill set and good at what they do. And we help take them to to the entrepreneur skill set. So I definitely think it can be learned. People do it every single day in America. Now, that entrepreneur set, that entrepreneurial mindset, how about the ability to unlearn? Because it seems to me, especially receiving your newsletters, that there's a I love that transference. It's not too much different. Like you mentioned a bakery, to be able to be open-minded enough to say, well, how are they doing it? Well, what if I incorporate it into my practice? How about that ability to unlearn? Is that, is that something, uh, I don't know if you formally address it, but there seems to be a bit of that. I think that, sure. So I think that what we're describing here is the ability to say, just because we've always done it this way, and that could be industry. Let's just say you run a CPA firm just because CPAs have always done something one way or within this narrow vertical, why does that make it that we have to do it that way for the next 5, 10, 20 years? So, so that's a form of unlearning, Tom. We're like, okay. hmm, this has gotten us to a certain place, but let's be brave enough, have the courage 
to step outside of that of that vertical. So we talk about, you know, every time you form a new habit, you're really doing away with something that was different or old habit um, in the past. So I definitely think, I mean, I think I'm a good example of this because when I started, I, I mean, I really, I was a good lawyer, but I knew nothing about what it took to be an entrepreneur, what it yeah. takes to run a couple of companies, what it takes to be a leader in the field. I just assumed you had to wait around for somebody to invite you to do that. Excellent. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM with Tom Dioro, of course, and Ben Glass. Ben is our guest. Ben's an attorney and founder of Great Legal Marketing LLC. For more information, feel free to visit Ben's LinkedIn page at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Ben Glass. Ben, if you can go back you know, to when you began formally advising recommending and coaching other attorneys and law firms what were your like your initial if you can go back you know that far to say maybe a couple of them what were their responses like kind of before you, you introduce the prospect of becoming marketing uh, attorney services and then after you know for years if you're at liberty to share you know yeah so so okay. this is about 15 years ago I had started to, you know, to write and I was, I was speaking a little bit locally about things that I was learning. Again, I was learning things from outside lawyer legal universe and, and importing them into my practice and they were working. So I would write articles and stuff. So when I started formally with a new business, Great Legal Marketing, I had somewhat of a tribe who followed me, who paid attention. Now, this is pre- all the social media that you and I are using just even today to, to do this broadcast. And so, and this is important for any entrepreneur, you know, with, with a bold new idea is you just put it out there and the market will tell you whether there is a need and then whether there are enough people there who will pay you for the product or services that you're offering. And again, you have to have some, some courage because when you're creating new ideas, there are, there'll be people who say that won't work or we're lawyers, we shouldn't do that. But there's enough people in every industry who are, I think, tired of being ordinary, who are tired of being uh, viewed as commodities. And again, it, it doesn't matter. You could be a, a t-shirt printing business and you could figure out kind of a new way to present your whole business, even though it's, it would seem to be very commoditized. And so, and so that's just how it starts. And, you know, none of this is easy. You know, I'm a, I'm a many, many, many year overnight success, I guess you could say. <laughs> but we go back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, which is finding, really finding new friends, a group of, of people who think positively, entrepreneurially, who have tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. Oh, now we have some success. And just realizing that there's other people like you who are like, willing to have the courage to do new things. They're out there. And they're really willing to share, by and large, what I found. Most successful people, Tom, are very willing to share with people who are interested and who will actually go and do stuff. Excellent. I can touch on again that I like that to be a forever learner. Can you share with us, you know, what that means to you and you know what your experience is with being a, a forever uh, yeah. learner? Yeah, so I, I'm just an input addict. So I, okay. I'm I'm the guy who still reads and orders, you know, real books. Right? I, I don't have any <laughs> e devices to read books on. I probably get through forty to sixty books a year. Not every book deserves to be read to the end, 
But what I'm doing when you are, whether you, you know, listen to something that's recorded or you go to seminars or you read books, what you're doing is you're getting literally hundreds of years of other people's experience and their mistakes and their philosophy. And you're saying, the thing I just read or listened to today, why? Why did it come in front of me today? What problem am I working on that this might be helpful? So we teach that. So I, I also run a law firm. And, and part of our culture here is we want everybody here to grow. I mean, if you're the same person and you're a paralegal, you're the same person five years from now, you're missing, right? You're missing. We, and I win if I grow my people. And you win if you're here and I grow you. And, and maybe you stay and maybe you go and find you know a different job that's interesting. So I find that most successful entrepreneurs are learners again we are interested in how other people think i mean that's the the bottom line on that i'm interested in like how you think and do your podcasts and get notoriety and all of that stuff yeah the other part is law as a business i don't know if you can recall but coming out of law school was that taught is there any oh, i can recall <laughs> okay no i can recall it's not taught okay in fact the whole so one of the challenges that many lawyers face is that our whole profession is set up to teach you to be a self-sacrificial lamb and to put everybody else in front of you. And, and my view of the world is you build a law practice to serve yourself and your family first, then to provide a great place for people to come to work. And when you've done that in that order, then clients will be well served. You know, there's just no workaround for not either you or someone on your team being a good business person because, again, no matter what your business is, you're going to be better at it if you're making money, right? So sure. the guy who may be running an auto repair shop but is way, way behind financially is not going to be as good and he's not going to be able to hire as many good, competent mechanics as he would be if he's got a profitable business. Law is no different. People will say, oh, but my business is different. No, they're not. <laughs> We're all human beings. Yeah, Definitely, I like your. Uh, there's everything I like. So, go outside your industry because, um, in my experience, you referring back to what you talked about the bakery, some things that might be standard in one industry, if you bring them into yours, might be like yeah. evolutionary. Is share with us? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, just so it's very interesting. Like, what's going on right now with coronavirus and stay-at-home orders? Things that we thought in law were kind of impossible and never would have tried, like mediations with individuals in different states spread around the country. Well, in the past, it would have required everybody to get on an airplane and come to a city and stay in hotels. And yet now we're getting that accomplished, you know, virtually the same platform that really that you and I are using right here. Meetings with clients, you know, signatures that don't require a real pen, all sorts of things we're learning in real time as we go through this, you know, the quarantine and the, the pandemics. I think every business owner has a choice to say, either I'm, I'm really happy where I am and I'm good with the money I make and the people I work with, and that's fine. Or there's something else that I would like that would make my life better and my family's life better. And figuring out like the Delta and then being really curious about how can I move there? And a lot of times, look, this is bringing in business ideas. 
the whole way of marketing a law firm we call direct response advertising, which is you know different from just putting your name up on a billboard, uh, is something that, that I really helped to bring to the solo and small firm industry. Ben, also, I've, a couple of times you said the word, actually, I've counted here three, the word courage. I understand that there's a system and formula and a base foundation to how you build your practice, a profitable, prosperous practice. But that courage, can you share with us, you know, what that means to you and why it does require a level of courage? Every time that you step outside and do something that's never been done in your industry before, there will be people there who will say, we shouldn't, either we shouldn't do that, or you can't do that, or you're a fool for doing that. Sometimes your own family might be saying, like, this is really risky. And I think that leaders, again, take it out of law into any, into any small business, leaders do things that put themselves out into the public marketplace, sometimes subject to criticism, sometimes subject to ridicule. But leaders say, look, I have thought this out. I realize I might fail, right? I realize this marketing campaign or system we're using might not work the way I uh, plan it. But I also realize that nothing in life has ever been invented that didn't involve doing something that's different from what we've done in the past. My book recommendation on this is um, Brene Brown's, it's either Daring to Lead or it's, it's a book that has leadership in, in the title. She's really, really good on getting leaders to realize that everybody has this fear. We all have this fear, and yet America is really, you know, advanced over the last hundred years by people who are willing to go in the different. If everyone's turning to the left because the wind's blowing hard, we're willing to go to the right and say, hey, what if this really works, really works well? Superb. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Our guest today we're talking with is uh, Ben Glass, attorney and founder of Great Legal Marketing LLC, as well as his own law firm. For more information, you're welcome to visit Ben's LinkedIn page at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Ben Glass. Ben, you're also an author of a number of books. Um, mm. Share with us you know, some, either your most recent book or do you have a favorite or one that's got a great review? I'm sure they all have, but any particular? Yeah, so thanks for asking. So my most recent book is called Play Left Fullback, and it's written for the solo and small firm industry, but I would also suggest that really it's not a law book so much as it is a philosophy book. The book was written in response to, so in law in 2016, there's a famous report that's out that said, oh my gosh, lawyers are depressed and unhappy. <laughs> and the, 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 uh, the bar sort of elite and the leadership said, well, the solution to that is we're going to learn how to meditate and eat better and get exercise, which is all good. Sure. What the establishment doesn't want to recognize or talk about is let's build a re- better business. What we talked about earlier, like if, if your business is, is profit-making and you're able to hire great people who you like to work with, you're going to be less stressed and you're going to be more happy. So Play Left Fullback is a response to that. And it's, and it's a, really a philosophical call to action for lawyers. But again, any small biz owner, I think, would benefit from it to say, hmm, it's the stuff we've talked about on this um, call. Is like, how do leaders think? 
How can you be brave and courageous? I tell some stories of failures. I tell some stories of folks who I have been influenced by, you know, and I tell story of the whole title play left fullback very quickly is my father's advice to me when I was 12 and trying out for my first travel soccer team to tell the coach that I played left fullback, a position I had never played before, but which my dad knew nobody else would want to go play that position. And the principle is you show up different and then we figure it out. And so a lot of successful small biz entrepreneurs figure out how to show up different, how to put something in action, Tom, and then we'll figure it out, right? It's not that we do just crazy stuff on gambles, but we learn from others, we get courage from others, and over time, you develop a, you know, a level of self-confidence and, and you develop a level of immunity to critics. Excellent. My mother uh, has a phrase that she uh, bring it up here on our show that I think is relevant. And if you, you're welcome to answer or not, but she'd say, uh, tell me what I don't want to hear. Is there a tell me what I don't want to hear in your industry, in your practice, in your uh, daily endeavors? Yeah, so what many people don't want to hear is that there is no one silver bullet to success in business. I mean, I spend a substantial amount of time in study. I spend a substantial amount of time and invest a lot of time, energy, and money in coaching for myself, in membership, in mastermind groups, in traveling to entrepreneur events. So many people, you know, if their business is getting hard, they said, they'll ask you, like, what's the one thing that will turn my life around? And I'm like, I don't know the one thing that'll turn your life around, but I know 100 or 200 mm. things that you could be working on simultaneously, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's what we do. So this is hard work. Now, the rewards are great. For me, autonomy. I get to live my life as I like it. I get to represent people that I like. I get to do really interesting work. So I'm, I'm blessed there. But you know, follow me around the last 25 years and there's, there's heartache, there's stress, there's mistakes made, certainly. Um, and there's learning from everything. So the thing people don't want to know is that, or don't want to hear is that, yes, indeed, this does require a level of, of a deep level of learning and implementation and sweat. And what we're trying to do is just kind of speed that process, make it faster for the next person through my books than it was for me. Do you have any quotes or mantras that you, I don't know if I say live by, but at least they come up in your mind or in your mind's eye daily to kind of get you through those struggles, those challenges and, and. Uh, yeah. So I have a bunch and I'm actually working on a, a <laughs> so there's not book one. that really is what we call the live life big principles. I like and I think the biggest one is I am responsible. So here it is. That's the nutshell. The slightly longer version is, Where I am today is a product of the decisions that I've made in the past. Where I'll be a month, a year, five years from now is largely a product of the decisions that I make. Yes, bad things can happen. People can get sick. Mean people can do things to you. But my default position is if something is not the way I want it to be, what did I do or not do that could have changed that trajectory? Real quick example of if I have an employee who's not producing to the level I think, well, I hired him, I trained him or set up the systems to train him, I communicated. So where along there did I fail? Let's go there first 
Don't blame others. Look to yourself first because the easiest thing for me to change is the things that is how I think and what I do. Very hard for me to try to change you, Tom, first. Hard enough to try to change me. So that's my number one is you are responsible for your own life. Do you instill this in all your uh, all your nine children? Is this something that they... 100%. 100%. Really? Yeah. So, so my kids laugh because they know okay. what dad's going to say. And I think that, you know, sadly, if I could make a societal comment, the thing that we have moved away from, but again, coronavirus brings back the opportunity, is breakfast and dinner at the table. Mm-hmm. My wife, Sandy, and I have, have made it a... A, a core value of our family that we would have dinner together. Now, is it always perfect? No, but we've never just like set the food out and you can come and eat it when you want. And then we make it a, you know, a core value to, to try to have discussion. It may be discussion of topics of the day. I mean, I've got kids in college are studying interesting things. We make it a, a priority to listen to each other. And so that's, you know, sadly, I think a lot of families don't have that, you know, anymore. Today, you have opportunity for it because we're all eating all the time under the same roof. <laughs> I like the, the core value of family, and it sounds just in our show, and again, I'm referencing from the, the newsletters that you send out, that there is that core value of family. It doesn't sound too dissimilar to what you practice in your own life and those with your clients. Is that is that accurate or if I'm out of well, line? Yeah, I, no, and I think it's a... So what you're talking about is being congruent. So people will sometimes ask my, some of my team members here, is Ben the same in real life as he is when he talks in the stage or writes in his book? And they will tell you, yes, he is. The same thing that he says from a stage at an event is exactly what he tells us. And more importantly, is exactly what he lives. So they know that if stuff goes wrong, I default first to, like, what did I do? How could I improve the way I communicated what it was that I wanted? And so I, I, I think that's, and again, any biz owner, the closer you can be totally congruent in your home life, your work life, your social life, in my view, you'll be special. People will respect you. People will see you as leader. And it just makes life easier because now you have one set of principles for decision-making. They're the same at home as they are in the office. I love that. Ben, we're coming to close of our show. Is there anything that we may not have touched on in our show that you'd like to share with your audience today? Yeah, I think so. And this is not a political statement, but I think there's a real leadership vacuum in the country, locally, statewide, any, anywhere you go. And my message, in particularly in this uh, pandemic to small biz owners, and I've been on many, many uh, now group calls and podcasts, is you have an opportunity to be a leader, a leader to your customers, your patients, your clients, a leadership to your family. And by that I mean, you know, while so many people are just getting sort of freaked out and they're online, social media, complaining about everything, a real leader is going to try to have internal calmness, try to get facts, real facts, to try to make decisions. You know, in this case, we're prioritizing like our health, our family's health, our team members' health. That's really important. We're prioritizing being really affirmative out to clients and customers saying, hey, we're here. What do you need? Like, we'll, we'll try to answer. We'll try to help solve your problems. And so I think any small biz owner, any entrepreneur has a real opportunity 
to assume that leadership position. Seth Godin, author Seth Godin, writes a lot about this. Like, don't wait to be asked to come be a leader. Model leadership. Be the one. And it's not about me. It's not about me bragging about myself. It's about me getting out and saying to you, what do you all need? Okay, let's put our heads together. Let's put smart people together in you know, nowadays virtual rooms on Zoom often, right, to try to figure this out because that's, that's what makes America great is our willingness to put ideas on the table, fail, put more ideas, fail, put another idea, oh, we got a good result, great, how can we improve on that? My view, Tom, is it'll be the entrepreneurs who lead us out of this pandemic, who keep businesses going, and that's your opportunity. If you're an entrepreneur, a small biz owner, we can look now at dozens of examples, restaurant owners, car repair shop, who should be struggling, who should be, and many are, but in every industry, there's folks who are, who are being successful, taking leadership positions, and they're going to come out of this much stronger, probably, than they were even before it occurred. Excellent. Ben, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on, on, on your show. Thank you very much. I'm really, uh, really happy for this show. Thank you again. And thanks for doing the work that you do, because I think this is really important. Thank you very much, Ben. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dioro. The Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The chief recording engineer is Iris Chikopoulos, chief engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrout. And the executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur Show is Tom Dior. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.